0: And so we're talking on favour. And favour means to regard with kindness, to support, to aid or have the disposition to aid or to wish success, to be propitious, to countenance, to befriend, to encourage. That's just one aspect of favour. I didn't realise there was so much to favour. Another aspect of it is to afford advantages for success, to facilitate Another one is to resemble in features. Another one is to ease and to spare. And I feel like the Lord's heart is that we get a revelation that we it becomes like this is it's a cornerstone thing. Just as he is our chief cornerstone, I think this might be the next building block right next to him being the chief cornerstone. Is that we are sons. And with being a son comes favour. And it's beautiful because it makes a way for us where there would appear to be no way. It's a given. Have you ever walked into a place and just the unexpected happens in a good way? It's because you carry favour as a son. Luke 2 verse 52 it's talking about Jesus he'd been in the temple his parents had been looking for him couldn't find him anywhere for three days I don't know about you but if I lost my child for three days I'd be a bit frantic but they were searching everywhere and he came out of the temple and they found him and it says well after he was told off by his mother um, it said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so, there's a favor with God that we automatically get as a son when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's it's like it's a given. And in Hebrews, it talks about we boldly enter the throne of grace. That's favor. That's favor. And I love that you can see that even in um, the book of Esther, where. She's going to petition the king on behalf of her people and she's called a national fast for three days for all their people and her household too. So non-Jewish, non-Hebrew. And they're fasting for three days. And then she goes, if I die, I die. But she goes in uncalled into a space that it was literally off with their head kind of deal if you walked in and approached the king without him inviting you in. And she steps in to the room and he extends a scepter. That's favour. It invites you into spaces even though it could cost you everything, even though at the time you might not be the favourite, we might not feel like you're the favourite, but there's a favour that God brings on us because we're sons of God. And then there's a favour with man that happens. And it's because we've stewarded our lives. We've stewarded faithfulness. We've stewarded obedience. We've stewarded diligence. We've increased with trust. We've increased with um, encouragement. we've there's like when someone looks at us, they, it's like their gaze welcomes us in. Their heart welcomes us in. And many of us actually have relationships like that where we can walk in and we can say what someone else may have said and it wasn't received and suddenly because we have favour with that person, their heart receives the word. And so we have favour with man. But did you know you can increase in favour and you can decrease in favour? When we are obedient, it increases our favour. Jesus was obedient to his Father and his favour increased. By the time he was baptised and even when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I think Jesus would have heard that before then from the Father. So it wasn't for his benefit. It was actually for those that would hear it. It was actually for those that would suddenly see that this isn't just Jesus of Nazareth, a carpenter's son. This is the son of God, the son of man. And so the Lord was actually increasing again the favour of his Son in the sight of man. Because he spent time with the Father in presence, in prayer, but also in the Word of God, he actually increased in wisdom. And so when we spend time in the presence of God and in the Word and loving people, we increase in wisdom. And that ...gains favour. I think Proverbs is like... ...even a foolish man is considered wise... ...if he's silent. (laughs) Wisdom allows us to speak the right words... ...at the right time. It's a word in season. It's a word that is measured. It is a word that... ...stops, considers and then speaks. For me personally, I know I can feel the difference when I stop and consider and then speak versus it just flows out of my mouth without consideration. And I can feel the way it impacts the atmosphere too. (laughs) Mm. As Jesus was obedient to the Father... He knew exactly where he was heading, to the cross, because it was set before the foundations of the earth, that that he would lay his life down for all of mankind once and for all. As he walked that road, it wasn't like he suddenly got into ministry and then realised, oh, I'm going to give my life for everyone. It was from the very beginning he knew, and so he walked his life accordingly. I remember um, it was Green Tree we had here with Sandra Selma Kirsten probably oh, five years ago. And she was talking about denial. And I just had this real revelation of even Jesus in the womb still didn't give in to the temptation of sin. He still did not make judgments, he still did not make accusations, he still did not blame. And I was just blown away because I can go through one day as an adult. <laughs> and I'm repenting by the end of the day. <laughs> but yet from conception through to death, he, he never once stepped into sin. And he experienced temptation. It wasn't withheld from him. Scripture actually says it's like he was a man of sorrows acquainted with our grief. He knew what it was to walk the road that we would walk on. And yet he was still obedient. And so how do we steward our obedience? We read the word. We get it in our hearts. We spend time in his presence. We let it renew our mind and we do what it says. We're obedient to the word of God. And that can be like the written word, but it also can be like the Holy Spirit, rhema word, the the living word. John 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We will do the uncomfortable things to stay in obedience. And so we let obedience conflict with our comfort because comfort is an idol. Comfort is an idol. And every time we surrender to comfort, we are worshipping an idol. Another aspect is stewardship of faith. We quite often come into, say, like a morning, and we feel the anointing. And then suddenly we've got the faith for anything. Did you know that's available to you 24-7 all week? But it actually takes intentionally stewarding it. And it's one of those things that if you actually don't activate it and keep walking in it, it kind of like shrinks a bit. It's like muscle. If you don't use it, you can lose it. But faith is our portion. Holy Spirit in us is faith. Jesus in us is faith. And so what we do is we get the opportunity to mature our faith. And so that means stepping into the uncomfortable. That means stepping into the risky places as such. One of the things I love about maturing faith is it actually comes to a place of where we realize that it's not me that does the work, but it's Jesus. When I pray for someone for healing, whether I feel like it or not, it's actually Jesus' job to heal the person. It's just my job to pray and ask him. It's just my job to stand in the gap. And there's times when that feels super easy, when there's faith in the room or like I'm feeling super close to God. But faith is like in season and out of season. Faith is always accessible. And for me, I know that I can feel faith because it feels like might. It feels like this mountain will move and there's not a question in my heart. It will move. That fig tree, when Jesus cursed it, it was like, you're dead. Like it was literally that clear. And that's what faith does. Um, Last week, I think when Greg was speaking, I saw that like the marrying of faith and might together. And I'd never seen that before because Faith speaks to a mountain and it will be moved. It says, if you believe in your heart without doubting. And that's what faith does. It's like zero doubt. And so it is important that we steward our faith. It is important that we stretch it. That we push into places where we haven't been before. We believe for big things. Um, I remember my sister... uh, at end of 2018 on New Year's oh no, yeah, New Year's Eve it was, um, died and I had literally I was leading the worship set here from we were doing from 9pm through to 12.30 midnight and and so obviously it was breast cancer so it wasn't like a unknown or a surprise or you know like but when we just, you just we didn't know anyway so i get here and as i'm driving down the road my mum rings and she's like you need to get here now and i'm like i'm in baldivus and i'm about to lead a worship set i'm like what's going on and she said she's going nick you need to come and pray and i said i can't i'm staying here and and she's like well pray Obviously, it was a little bit more emotional than that. <laughs> anyway, so I just, you know, gathered some people and I just said, this is what's happening. And, you know, and I just cried. And I heard a bell ring and I saw the words received in the spirit. And I knew at that moment she'd passed away. Um, and it was probably five minutes later that um, Brad heard from my husband because Ian was at home still and told me and that was when I broke and so we went through that we journeyed through that and then two weeks later Amy Talbert, one of our pastors here she's in the back room waving (laughs) We had a lady in our community that had had breast cancer and it had come back for more. And she grabbed me and she said, Nick, can you pray for her? You know, everything within me wanted to run the other way. And I stood there and I just went, I'm doing it anyway. How dare, part of me is like, how dare the enemy? And the other part of me is like, I am so weak and I have no faith for this. And in that moment, it wasn't my faith as such. It was just my obedience. And I said, yes, I'll pray for her. And I just prayed for her. And, and I felt the pleasure of the Lord in that. I didn't have muscle for it. I tell you what, I had zero muscle for it. And so I found out, it's funny because I never knew, <laughs> I never followed it up, but she was actually healed. And I'm not saying it's all because I prayed for her because there was multiple prayers. But I know something shifted in my loss when I prayed for her. And that's faith. And that's the, I can only be obedient, but I can't make it happen. You cannot conjure up things. We need to know what's his responsibility and what's ours. And that's what favour does. It's like when you walk into the room, things shift. Because I know I have favour. I don't know what's changing around me necessarily. But it's the favour of the Lord. (laughs) So how do we increase our faith? We eat the word and we put it to the test. We listen to testimonies. Revelation says um, the testimony is the prophecy of Jesus. Is declaring who he is. Um, a few, oh, about a month ago, one of um, my friends was over from New Zealand, and we were having lunch before I was drive, you know, driving it to the airport. We stopped somewhere to have lunch, and I just started. I was just talking about um, things I believe about worship, about Jesus in worship. And she stopped me and she says, do you realise as you're speaking the atmosphere is literally shifting around us? I hadn't even noticed it because I was just, I was in that space of just unintentionally just flowing with Holy Spirit, like declaring what I believe about worship and about Jesus. And she says, it shifted. And when I paid attention, I'm like, oh my goodness, like it was so tangible in the atmosphere. You could have cut a knife, like a knife wouldn't have gone through it. It was thick. So that's the power of testimonies. Another way is get around people with faith. Community is so important. Who you hang around is so important. In Proverbs it says, um, bad company corrupts good habits. And my dad dad used to say that all the time to us as teenagers. (laughs) And then probably in my 20s I just felt Holy Spirit say, and it works the other way too. Good company builds great habits. And the thing is, is the temptation is to hide, but it is when you need community the most. And Jude verse uh, chapter 1, verse 20, because there's only one chapter, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, that builds faith. We cannot neglect the place of praying in the spirit. If you got if you speak in tongues, like praying in that space. In um, I think it's Corinthians, it talks about that it it builds up the inner man. It builds up the spirit man. And I think it's good to know, to understand that we live in a fallen world that is constantly feeding us a diet of robbery, killing and destruction. And if you don't build your faith muscles, you'll be pulled down into it. And I say that as a word of encouragement because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. Sometimes we're just so like, oh, I didn't do this enough or I didn't do that enough. But that atmosphere we experienced this morning of resting in Him, He leads us by the still waters, refreshing our soul. But we also need to be mindful that there's this wrestle constantly going on against a fallen world and so building up our faith muscles is it is important it's important and we sh- we cannot afford to neglect it that makes sense i don't want that to be a word of condemnation but just an encouragement like build your faith muscles you got this you got this favor knows faith favor knows faith they're very good friends. What will attack our favour? Rejection. When we don't know that we are a son of God, when we don't, like it's, it's in our DNA, it's that like I know that I know that I know. That without doubt, we know. Rejection will get in. Sometimes there's even a root of rejection that is there generationally, Or before we even knew we were a son because of the way we were raised. Romans 8, 15 to 16 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified in Him. If we don't believe and receive that we are a son, we won't step into the favour of a son. And I want to tell you that's not something that you can just put as a mantra. I am a son, I am a son, I am a son, I am a son. It's not at a head level. We've got to get it at a heart level. And that means we've got to go after every root of rejection. Because you can tell yourself, I am a son, I am a son, as as much as you want, till you're blue in the face. But it's the heart that needs to shift. It's the heart is where the soil that is. It's the heart of where the wellsprings of life come from. It's the heart. And so we need to rip that sucker out. And we need to let him love on us like a son. We allow him to come in as a father and just love on us as a son. And for many of us, we may receive easily from Jesus, but not necessarily the father. That was my story. And so we... Can't neglect going after the roots of rejection. And I felt like even in the room today that there are some here that wrestle with rejection. And so I just want to ask you, when... I know Greg was speaking last week and he spoke about, you know, the word and your heart when the two don't meet up. And so I just ask you to examine your heart and just ask it, do I believe I'm a son? Do I feel like I'm a son? And can I receive from the Father? Are you able to do that now? put your hand over your heart Holy Spirit search us and know our ways where there's any roots of rejection we ask that you would turn the lights on Jesus Holy Spirit come and where we've been afraid To hand you our rejection and take up sonship, we repent. We repent where there's been idolatry of rejection. Holy Spirit, would you come and start undoing the soil around the roots of rejection? just really want to encourage you if you can feel that that's in there this is it's not a one prayer and it's done kind of thing it's a the Lord just does it because there's always pain associated with rejection and the deeper work is is that he wants to loosen the soil off but he doesn't want to cause you more pain than what you've already experienced It's the Father's love that he's gentle and he's kind and he's tender about it. So I encourage you later to follow that up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Jesus, we just even now just ask that you'd help us to start receiving the Father's love we receive the Father's love fully accepted fully clothed thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I wanted Rod to share a bit Because this is part of his walk around rejection. So, would you mind, Rod? So, Rod, can you tell us what it was like before you had an encounter about being a son?
1: home where there was a lot of um, criticism. I actually wasn't rejected in the womb. I I came into, I was wanted in that sense. But um, especially my mother had come through a critical life herself and wasn't wanted. But So that was kind of projected on us as kids in the sense that we couldn't do well. And so it was more the criticism of who we were in the sight of our parents because we were naughty, typical naughty children and so on. And so there was a real sense that of um, not making it, not being good, not being able to be good and so on. Um, And our dad also, um, he ran away from his father at the age of 27 because his father was just using him as a work person and so he had no worth as well. So that wasn't built into my life. We were loved, but there was just that sense of not being built in a positive way. So I carried that uh, through my life and actually went into the army mainly to get discipline so that I can have some sense of value and life and order because my life, I wasn't happy with my life. There were a lot of things that were wrong and so on. So that's where my rejection came from in there. But then I didn't come to know the Lord until I was 23. Yeah. And that's when I began to understand the love of the Father. It took a while. It's been a journey of just understanding who I am and how valuable I am before God. And um, and it's still a journey even now yeah. where, where God is restoring that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So was there a particular moment that where Holy Spirit said something to you or encountered you that you went oh I don't feel like I'm a son or I don't think I'm a son
1: I think there were probably, when I look back there are many moments so there's been a gradual change and um, then understanding in particular the word of God and the promises in the word of God towards us as sons and daughters uh, of who we are and that we can trust the word of God And to for that to build into our lives, to change us, and to be that refreshing or renewing of the mind, Um, thinking, uh, value. We were uh, we were born into a family in New Zealand, which was um, shall we say middle or low income. So you know we we didn't know uh, wealth as such and things like that. So all of these things I've had to learn as being a value of God that he. He does have that for us. And so yeah, I've had to really, in a sense, using faith as you've explained it very well this morning, just to understand that I even had faith and that I could use that before God and in, in, in his direction and, and with the with the Holy Spirit. But believing in the Word of God and the many promises I began to discover discover in the Word of God. So it was more like many occasions as opposed to perhaps one although they probably were very important at the moment, but then they built into another one. Because some of that gets eroded as you're going along, because the enemy does not want you to to gain traction in these areas to understand who you are, your identity, and stuff like that. So the enemy will try and prove to you that that's not true. You can't have that. Look at somebody, they died of cancer. Look at that person because of this and that and one thing and another. So it is a battle, but it's... Just grafting in there like you explained yeah. before. Yeah,
0: That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So Good. Yeah, thanks. I just wanted you to see that um, there is change available. That not being a son doesn't have to be your portion. It isn't your portion, actually. But that there is... That there is faith available, there is acceptance available, there is favour available. And one of the reasons I really believe the Lord wants us to grasp the favour we have is because there's a world out there that doesn't know him. And favour isn't for my benefit. It's actually for the benefit of the kingdom. It's for the benefit of those that don't know him. It's for the benefit of those that won't necessarily come to church. But when I go out and I, especially in commute, like a place like say work or something where you've fostered relationships, there is a favour to speak. I know Brad Holt has shared before with us. Sorry, Brad, <laughs> about um, relationships he's built through his workplace, and it's just given moments. Of being able to speak into people's lives and so I just really want to encourage you we're just going to finish up now and I'm going to invite Ali, she's got some wonderful things to tell us about what's happening but I just really want to encourage you it's like get hold of those things that we've talked about so obedience, faith and do I have any rejection do I have a place where rejections made its home So sit with those things this week and just allow the Lord, allow the word of the Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to sift your heart because he really wants to pour out his blessings. He really wants to pour out his kingdom. He really wants to manifest himself on the sons of God. All creation groans waiting for the arising, the revealing of the sons of God because we carry favour, we carry authority, we carry change, we carry life. So I just bless you.